Hey, have you got bare walls at home or in your office? Do you want to surround yourself with the majesty and inspiration of our mountains? I'm talking truly incredible photography of Western North Carolina landscapes. RedRockPhotoNC.com. Stay tuned for details. It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. What's going on? Hey, welcome to the show. It is Tuesday, July 21st, 2020. Thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Uh, The show is made possible by patrons like Brian and No Thanos. I do not make up the names, I promise you. Gene and Ben and Daryl and EZ and Ed uh, and Cheryl and Curtis and Les and Brian and Terrence and Teresa and Brent. I appreciate all the support. Couldn't do it without you all. I do appreciate it. Colleges are getting boxed in by uh, COVID-19. Yeah, because students, they got to have students in order to pay the tuition, right? But the virus is prompting a lot of these campuses to stay closed, a lot of times under government orders. For retired U.S. Army colonel and author, and town hall columnist Kurt Schlichter, this is the moment to quote Lance this particular cultural boil, talking about colleges. The conservative trial lawyer from California, I believe he is the uh, the only one there. Uh, he's going to join me next. First, uh, join me in supporting Mattress Man. Okay, I bought a mattress for Mattress Man about eight years ago now, and Christy and I love it. It's a memory foam mattress. It's uh, We say it's like sleeping on a giant marshmallow. Uh, and uh, if you've never slept on one, it really is amazing. Like, you can't even feel when she gets up to get out of the bed, I get up to get out of the bed or get into the bed. You don't even feel it because the mattress... It like absorbs all of that. It just it just cradles you and you get the best night's sleep. It really is fantastic. And uh, if you head on over to Mattress Man, either uh, online at mattressmanstores.com or any of their four locations in Asheville, Arden, and Hendersonville, you can take advantage of a number of really great deals. Uh, I think the number is three, actually. So let's count them. First up is the 000 financing. This is zero down, zero APR for up to 24 months, so no interest, and zero payments for 90 days. Also, hot deals to keep you cool. This is the promotion they're running for a $399 Queen Gel Memory Foam Mattress. If you've never slept on a memory foam, you owe it to yourself to check this out. Also, the free bedding bundle it includes sheets, protectors and pillows with the purchase of select mattresses uh so go check them out now or tomorrow but make a plan to do so and mention my name by the way mention you heard it here on the show i appreciate that and uh, let the sleep consultants help you find the right bed for you five-star delivery service they ship nationwide uh, and they have a 120-day comfort guarantee experience the difference at mattress man buy local and sleep better Joining me now is Colonel Kurt Schlichter. He is a columnist at townhall.com. He is also the author of, well, the latest book is The 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You. And uh, welcome to the program, Colonel. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me. Certainly. Good. Well, so. There's an enthusiastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be. I sound like a teenager. (laughs) I'm fine. I was going to ask you. Get out of my head. 
I was going to ask if you were on your way out to a uh, to a chaz with that kind of uh, attitude, but um, <laughs> so, so I have a job. <laughs> uh, so, how many books have you written now? By the way, this is um, somebody asked me that today, and I forgot. I got four novels. I have three traditional books, and then there's some other books on Amazon. So, uh, you know, I'm trying to write two a year. Hmm. So, which is, uh, people tell me that's crazy, but it really isn't that hard if you just do it. And uh, so that's kind of what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, the new one, 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump, that's out from Regnery, which is a, uh, a respectable publishing house. <laughs> and um, then I got my uh, novels that I do through Amazon that Bill Crystal called appalling. <laughs> so I've Did got you... that on the back of I was going to say. I, I, yeah, I used it. <laughs> That crew shilling sissy wouldn't know a, a manly book if it bit him, which would probably turn him on. <laughs> so do I Gosh, need to? Pathetic. Do I? I guess I need to make. I need to pull this. Uh, I need to have this at the ready. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you. I have well, said to people. I talk about the Fredo cons. Right. The, right. I just despise them so much. There's a lot I, I've noticed on Twitter. Uh, there is a lot that you despise uh, about a lot of people uh, in our political realm. Um, has it gotten Has it gotten one. worse? Has it gotten worse since Trump won? Um, they've misbehaved more, but they were always the same. I, I haven't noticed any change. They're they're they were always the same. I never. None of this surprises me. The the rapid embrace of uh, censorship of religious oppression, of uh, a contempt for democratic values that the left embodies and some of their, the little collaborators from the cruise ship conservatives join in on. None of that surprises me. All these people go, I can't believe it. Why, the New York Times is, 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 is not objective. Oh, really? Well, that's interesting. Also, the sun didn't come up in the east. <laughs> But is it more overt now? It seems like it, it seems like it. There, there's a they're lot. They're not of... hiding it because they're desperate. Hmm. They really want power back, and I think once they get power back, they're intending to keep it. And so this gets into your latest piece, which uh, I, you also offer not just criticism in your usual scathing way, but um, also some solutions. And so I love uh, the ideas that you presented. So let's kind of run through this. The name of the article or the column is called This is a Great Opportunity to Destroy Academia. And uh, is this like the defund the police where you don't really mean no, I, the... <laughs> I want I want to destroy academia. Academia was already like all our crappy institutions. Remember, our entire elite is garbage, and this is a, a theme from uh, the book Twenty One Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You. Our elite is a smoldering cesspool of bubbling feces in a stew of urine and pus. It's the worst. If you look at uh, you know the American ruling class, the, the, the people, the movers and shakers, the people who ran our institutions. Like in the 40s, they beat Hitler and brought us out of the Depression as achievements. In the 60s, they put a man on the moon and they dismantled actual systemic racism as opposed to the BS, uh, the, the, the uh, phantom that they have today, the, the lie. Uh, and our generation has gotten us the Wall Street meltdown, Iraq, and Grinder. So it's, you know... <laughs> Thank you. It's it, it's not impressive group. And like every institution that uh, 
uh, and of course, now the phone's got to ring and no one can pick it up, even though the house is literally filled with people. <laughs> so this, I, I love this. Well, I appreciate it's you like, taking dance, dance, doing media. Whoa, that hasn't <laughs> happened 50 times since the book came out last week. Whoa, I mean, what a shock. You well, when Kurt's in there talking to himself with his headphones on, it's not he's not just you know having a psychotic break. No, no. Maybe I should get the phone. Maybe I should control the dogs. Anyway. So well, uh, I, I will say this. It, we, we are all nowadays, we are all that guy from the BBC interview where yes. his kid comes rolling through the back door. We're all that guy now. So I think everyone's kind of standards for uh what's acceptable background for noise. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, just yeah, yeah, that ain't gonna be a problem. Yeah, COVID did that. One positive that came out of all of this uh my the, is, the standards it, it are much lower amusing. it is all amusing you know half the time i'm doing interviews without pants uh <laughs> okay. so but but in any case so all our institutions are rotting and collapsing and it's uh, and the and through the incompetence of its leadership but academia has got a, a couple other problems it's got technology which makes the delivery of information much easier through computers video etc so that the you know, 19th century model, a bunch of people sitting in a classroom, you know, all of them uh, hung over listening to some TA with a foreign accent no one can understand, lecturing them in large groups. And then they go home and study and actually try and learn something. That model was already dying because of technology. Then you throw in the additional greed of the elite by throwing this uh, anchor around the, the necks of the younger generation in the form of student loans, which, of course, as you when you guarantee them, the colleges can raise their prices. <gasps> wow, it's like economics. If only they had somebody in the in the college who understood that. Uh, so, colleges, uh, academia was already collapsing anyway. Then this comes along, and we have a combination of, hey, give me all your money. You you can do this by TV, but we'll still give you the same diploma, which kind of tells people, you know. Maybe this is kind of baloney. Maybe this is really about getting into college, and then you then you're done. Once you've got admitted, you get your admits like it's done. The easy the hard part's done. Now you just gotta uh, be you know drunk and stupid for four years. Oh, and I had this two hundred fifty three hundred k. You're t- and. and- you're specifically referencing the Harvard announcement, right? Yes. That, that Harvard said basically we're going to be a correspondence college, but we're still going to charge you, you know, fifty, sixty grand a year. And yeah, you, Harvard, the correspondence college <laughs> right, of Cambridge. Right. So, but it, it, it's interesting. It reminded me, though, in reading your piece, I, rem- I remembered a, a line. I don't remember who told it to me. Probably twenty years ago, they said. They were amazed at how the elite colleges were really hard to get into, but really easy to stay once you got there. Oh and, yeah, nobody. nobody and most other colleges, yeah, and most other colleges, it's the it's the opposite. It's easy to get in, and then and then really hard to stay. <laughs> yeah, uh, remember, it's just it, it, it's really a credential granting institution, and when you have the credential, you're part of a certain uh, uh, strata of society. I mean, that's it. Yeah. You know, Harvard people aren't smart. Have you ever dealt with Harvard people? I mean, some of them are bright, but statistically, you know, some of the people at Goucher College where Jonah Goldberg graduated are bright. I mean, not him, but, you know, others. And that's a cheap shot, but sometimes we take them. I understand. Well, you know, if he shows me a kidney, I'm going to hit it. (laughs) 
I mean, normally I kick them in the well, but you know, right, that's hey. that's a lost cause. Okay, oh so my gosh, right, is- I, I can only play this so many times. Now, I guess I should also <laughs> let people know you do have a bit of a portfolio in stand-up comedy, if I remember correctly, right? Has, has it been? I a have. While? Yeah, it's been a while. I, I I started writing humor at UCSD, and then I uh, you remember you'd go into bars and they have those trivia questions. That was mm-hmm. like twenty-five years ago. And it'd be like, you know, you know, some about Star Trek or something. And then drunk people would compete electronically to answer the bar questions. Mm-hmm. I wrote those. <laughs> I wrote those questions. I got like 350 a question. I bought like a BMW on a bar questions. On bar trivia questions. And here's the funny thing. I would go into the bar and they'd be running a game that I wrote, you know, all the questions. And I'd still lose to some guy... <laughs> In freaking Aurora, Illinois, <laughs> who's like faster than me? I'm like, oh, 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 oh that's that's uh, 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 James doing. Oh, no. right. I oh, wrote nice. the question. How am I losing? I wrote the yeah. freaking question. <laughs> All right, so here's a question for business owners: How are you cleaning and sanitizing your place to uh, to make sure that your workers and your customers are safe? Uh, it's a lot of work. I understand. But I have a solution for you. It's called the Karcher Misting System with Vital Oxide Disinfectant. And General Equipment Rental in Weaverville is your source for the Karcher Misting System. Realtors, property and apartment managers, venue operators, schools, child care facilities, Airbnb owners. Let's see. Owners of homes and hair salons, places of worship, tattoo parlors, right? You're starting to starting to understand like the benefit of this system. It's safe for kids and pets. It is safe for food contact services like um, uh, countertops, cookware, appliances, dishware. It uses an all-in-one, hospital-grade, EPA-approved germicidal disinfectant sanitizer and deodorizer. What does that mean? Kills 99% of infection-causing bacteria and viruses, including the coronavirus that causes COVID-19. So uh, you don't have to rinse it afterwards. It's non-toxic. It's hypoallergenic. It's odorless. It's colorless. And it's 100% biodegradable. The machine itself, it's like the, the size of a shop vac. So it's super easy to maneuver. It's on four independent wheels. Um, and so you can use it in virtually any area. And you rent it like once a week, let's say. Use it after your business closes. And you you can treat the, the whole place and it'll stay sanitized for up to 10 days and then all you got to do is just do some spot cleaning uh during the days or after you close right this is a great machine great for our time right now the karcher mister it is at general equipment rental in weaverville at the intersection of merriman avenue and reams creek road i'm uh, really honored to have them on board uh as a sponsor of the show they are family owned and operated they have been for three generations okay they meet all of your equipment rental needs including the Karcher Mister, but they also do construction and earth-moving equipment to lawn and garden equipment. Whatever your project is, General Equipment Rental has the tool that you need. General contractors, uh, homeowners, whatever the need is, whoever you are, if you need the tool, they've got the tool, okay? They're also your licensed Husqvarna and Honda outdoor power equipment sales and service provider. They do equipment service and repair as well, and every piece that they rent out Every piece of equipment gets cleaned and serviced after every job, so you know it's going to work right when you get it to your house or to your job site. Go to GeneralRents.com. 
That's GeneralRents.com or walk on into their store, General Equipment Rental, in Weaverville. Think outside your toolbox. In his column at townhall.com, Kurt Schlichter writes, Academia is a pack of rabid red, and we need to put it down like old yeller. <laughs> he says, Academia itself has loaded up the 12-gauge for us. They're just shafting parents, they're shafting kids, all for the benefit of uh, uh, teachers who are, you know, when teachers gather together in a, a union, they become the worst people on earth. And, you know, I keep hearing, we, we need to respect our teachers. And all I can say is we get your behinds into the classroom and teach kids. But it's scary, okay? And you want respect, that should mean that you do hard things. And that's, a, that's like another issue with, like, the media, which is also being crippled by technology. But, you know, they want to be the brave, you know, you were, you were a reporter. They want yeah. to be brave, neutral, truth-tellers. You don't care whose feet they stamp on. They're going to tell the truth no matter what. And they want the respect of someone who does that, who someone like that, who would get respect. But they don't want to actually have to do that part where they're <laughs> neutral. But they still want the respect. I'm a brave firefighter. I'm also a political propagandist for the Democrat Party. Mm -hmm. And you should respect me. And no. Right. I, no, you're garbage then. So this is but, but the technology component here essentially tells us what the what the teachers unions and a lot of our friends on the left have been saying uh all these years about homeschoolers has been garbage right because essentially they're just telling everybody homeschool but you know we'll provide a teacher for you via the uplink but you just stay home so all well, of the talk about socialization and all of that stuff now is just i guess well, it ignored. Doesn't matter if it's well look if the teachers can stay look here's the thing teachers get paid and they get to stay home and not work no. Yeah, I, yeah, we really want to get back into the classroom. <laughs> yeah, we're just, we're just chomping at the bit. Now, some of them probably are, right? Well, statistically, there have to be some. There are. have to be some, right? How many do you think that is? Well, well it, I'll tell you how many it is. It isn't a critical mass. It is. <laughs> well, okay. It just—I mean, it's not. If the teachers wanted to go, if the teachers wanted to go back, the teachers' union would be saying, "Take us back." So, and, and they're not. Well, I heard what they, they what not. did L.A. do? What, uh, what, yeah, the L.A. Teachers Union, they said we have to do, what, a Medicare for all for them to go back to work in L.A.? Was yeah, that? I mean, <laughs> okay. All right. Right. Well, that, look. That's the seriousness. Frankly, frankly, in the Los Angeles school district, you know, kids are probably better off not having, uh, not being in class. I mean, you know, if, if you want systemic racism... Look at any Democrat-run uh, Democrat uh, power structure. I mean, the LAUSD has condemned millions of children by gross incompetence and greed, all in the name of uh, uh, liberalism. But that's okay. It's it, a real, real, real bad guy's Trump. So let's go over some of your, your uh, proposed solutions for how to uh, destroy academia. Uh, number one, defund the universities explain that one well first of all i you know i think americans having seen the uh, generation of uh, uh drooling halfwits have issued from the ivy covered gates of academia are probably wondering why we're paying to teach people to hate us and destroy things um i propose nor i propose the only money colleges get be uh research that leads directly towards improved killing systems for our military 
money that students give them and money that other people donate. I propose no government money and no, certainly no guaranteed student loans. As for student loans, I, I, I propose they be both dischargeable by in bankruptcy and guaranteed, except by the institution. So perhaps the institution will be somewhat reluctant to allow their uh, uh, young charges to choose to get a master's degree in 15th century Mongolian transsexual poetry. <laughs> Right. Because that, it may be difficult to pay them back. Yeah, and I thought that's a great idea. I, I've, it, it, it is so obvious to anyone who understands uh, economics and you know who takes on the risk in that situation when you can't discharge in bankruptcy the student loans that they survive any bankruptcy. And so, yeah, the the schools are just going to keep on handing out degrees for garbage uh, uh, majors, and uh, and then the kids go into the workforce completely unable to get a job to and then not able to pay back the uh the debt either it's it really is uh it really is an odious kind of a business model like highly unethical i would i would submit oh well but, but they know more about ethics than we do just ask them right <laughs> yeah it, yeah it, it look it, it it's a giant scam designed to take money from the uh, the, the the next generation and use it to feed these uh, uh, fat, bloated administrators and faculty members and keep their sinecures secure. It's it's the most cynical thing that's imaginable. I mean, imagine starting out your life with even $100,000 in debt. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm a trial lawyer in Los Angeles. You start talking 100 k I remember I was uh, you know sweeping out toilets at the Foster City's Carl Jr. for three thirty-five an hour in 1981. You know, that's a lot of dough. Yeah. And to have that hanging over your head. I mean, that that's there for your whole life. You know, so, so you get like a $60,000 a year job. So you pay 10% of your salary to pay it back. That's 16 years just on principle. Yeah. Imagine, take, hey, starting off in life. Well, let's take, you know, you pay your taxes and we're going to take 10% off the top of everything else. It's insane. Tax the way the colleges care. Not their problem. Right. Once the kid's out, they're gone. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, you, next one was uh, tax the endowments. Um, you say the oh, Ivy League is really a bunch of hedge funds pretending to be schools anyway. What? Explain that for me. Well, Harvard's got a $30 billion endowment. Much like uh, uh, General Motors is, is really a, uh, a, a medical insurance provider that occasionally makes cars. <laughs> I mean, really, what's what, what? What? Where's the big? Where's the big play? Is it the education, or is it the thirty billion dollars? Mm -hmm. These are these are uh, financial powerhouses, and I don't understand why I'm being expected to take money out of my pocket to make their lives easier when they got more, you know, got more money, maybe not as much money. You know, Harvard has maybe not as much money as Zuckerberg does, but you know. They're in the same stratosphere. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. And yeah, I know a lot of colleges don't have a big endowment. Well, that would seem to be their problem, but not mine. My problem was me getting my education and maybe my kids' education. That's really their problem. And if I choose to make it mine, I can or can't as I wish. But I don't think my, I don't think everybody else's, uh, uh, you know, college drink. Yeah, I want to make my dreams come true. Why do you want to kill my dreams, Kurt? Well, it's not that I want to kill your dreams, Caden. It's that I don't care about them. <laughs> right. 
right. I'm just not. I, I'm not interested. You could go do whatever dreams you want, but keep your uh, uh, soft, girlish hands out of my pocket. Fifth, you say we need to stop falling for the notion that our colleges occupy some sort of intellectual and even moral high ground. They don't. Um, so this is really more of a of a shift in mindset, not really a policy prescription. Um, there was also yeah, it's to stop yeah, it's to stop crediting these guys with respect they don't deserve. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I speak as someone who has mastered their credentials. I've got a bachelor's degree from University of California, San Diego, which is always within the top twenty, sometimes within the top ten of all our colleges. So I you know, and I got a I got a degree from Loyola Law School, which is one of the top three law schools, well, in Los Angeles. And, uh, I, I, you know, I got an Army War College uh, degree, which is fairly selective since you have to be a colonel. Um, so I've got their credentials. Mm -hmm. So I'm someone coming from it. And I've looked at it. I've been with these. I'm always around them because I'm a lawyer. So everybody's got a degree and usually a fancy one. And I'm distinctly unimpressed. These, it, they, they, they have not earned my respect. Now, if they would like to earn my respect, A, that's going to take a little time and a lot of effort, but they're free to try. And I will grant them my respect if they earn it. But until they do, I think of them as just a bunch of hacks because that's what they are. I mean, look at these idiots uh, running around, uh, you know, protesting and just, you know, trying to cancel people and generally being uh, uh, little uh, manifestations of the collective leftist id. Do you think it's been exacerbated by the shutdowns, by the, 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 the plague here, that this sort of is like a pressure release valve and now it's all just blowing? No, I think it would happen anyway because it was well planned and, lo and uh, logistically supported. It, it if it wasn't George Floyd, it would have been somebody else. Mm -hmm. So this was always going to happen. Uh, I think the virus nonsense has just added to what was always intended. It was a, an attitude of demoralization and an attitude of intimidation. And the fact this virus thing was going on just kind of added to it. Mm -hmm. uh, so it made it an even more effective thing. Remember, the, the whole goal of all this all the, these leftists, well, there's two goals. There's the center left types, the kind that are running the institutions but are really scared of these wild kids, uh, they want to regain power from Donald Trump. And the only way to do it is convince you there's chaos, and if you elect a senile, gropey old weirdo in the basement, he'll make everything better, which is a lie. Well, unless you're looking for, for groping. Well, unless, you know, if you're, yeah. if you're looking for hair love sniffing. in all the wrong places. Yeah, hair you know, sniffing, I think. Yeah, there's... Go in his basement. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they're playing a dangerous game because these uh, leftists really want power for themselves. And you keep seeing the center leftists eaten. Andrew Sullivan had to leave New York Magazine today. Barry Weiss left the New York Times. Yep. That's just today. Uh, you know, a guy running an art gallery who yep. said, well, I'll still collect that art by white males. He got he, he was called racist. He had to leave the San Francisco art gallery and be fired. They're, they're eating. It, it's easier to eat them than conservatives, because what are you going to do? I mean, really, what are you going to do? Go up to Seb Gorka and say, you're really conservative. Oh, well, I don't care. <laughs> you know, just bites yeah. me. And it, it's, it's not going to work. But these leftists who give them power, then it works with them.
Well, yeah, they're the useful idiots, right? That's that's what Lenin called them. They're the ones that get lined up first. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Mensheviks. Yeah. Um, so also, the, what about the idea that you need to have a college degree, it's the new high school diploma, and you're not going to be able to have a decent standard of living unless you have this college degree? I don't know how long that's going to be true. I think it's been because uh, the incompetent teachers' unions uh, have ensured that high school people coming out of high school are pretty just, you know, you can't really rely on them not to be idiots. Uh, and a lot of them are idiots. Um, so they decide, well, I figure if they go through a four-year college, they're good. To, they can at least probably write something. And they're kind of in the, you know, status club. Yeah, we need to, in A, insist that our high schools actually prepare people. Although I've got some beefs with them. I actually think high schools give too much work to kids now. Hmm. And they're too focused on academics at the at the expense of allowing them to have real lives. You know, kids don't have time to have a job these days. Yeah. I learned more at McDonald's than I ever learned at high school. Well, yeah, and then you get into also the pressures being exerted on that uh, labor pool by uh, illegal immigration as well. I mean, oh, there's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, the the idea that you, you make your mistakes, you do these internships, you work for minimum wage, you, that whole chapter in your life where you gain experience and you kind of get an idea of how systems work, uh, that, yeah, that, that, that's been short-circuited, essentially. Yeah, it's been completely destroyed. And um, uh, and it's it's a loss. You know, you, I, I see lots of people, uh, you know, I, I have to hire people as a, uh, I run a law firm. And, you know, some of them are distinctly unprepared for the world of work. So the name of the piece, again, is uh, This is a Great Opportunity to Destroy Academia. It is at townhall.com. It is written by Colonel Kurt Schlichter. He is also the author of a book that is out and available right now, just released, called The 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You. Uh, and you can pick it up uh, where you buy books. It's by Regnery. I appreciate your time, as always, sir. Thanks so much for spending it with me. Thank you. All right, there's a similar sentiment expressed by David Harsanyi in a piece that he wrote called Destroy the Public Education System, and I'll get to that in a minute. First, uh, Stacy Redman, okay, have you ever seen a photo of the Blue Ridge Mountains that is so beautiful, so stunning, that you have a hard time looking away, you just keep staring at it? That's the kind of work that Stacy Redman does at Red Rock Photo NC, Red Rock Photography. Stacy is from Western North Carolina. He's been shooting landscapes for two decades. After he came Came to the realization that look life is short and you're not going to get time back so do what you love don't regret not spending time with your family or chasing your dream and it just so happens that he's really good his work is brilliant it is striking and it's easily affordable for any space okay so see for yourself redrockphotonc.com that's redrockphotonc.com use the promo code pete for 20% off as well. Pete, my name, Pete. That's why we came up with it. Okay, redrockphotonc.com. So David Harsanyi writes the other day uh, about the uh, public education system in general in America, that it is a largely left-wing propaganda machine that funds Democratic politicians and entrenches racial segregation. That's pretty harsh, right? Uh, that's like, holy cow, really? It's a left-wing propaganda machine that funds Democratic politicians and entrenches racial segregation. I hope he can prove this. I think he makes a solid case for it. 
He says public schools have been a catastrophe, basically, for the United States. And it certainly is not an original argument or assertion here. But he says, quote, as we watch thousands of authoritarian brats tearing down the legacies of George Washington and Abraham Lincoln, it's more apparent than ever. State-run schools have undercut two fundamental conditions of a healthy, tolerant society. Okay, so here is this is the argument that state-run schools, government education, government schools have undercut two fundamental conditions for a healthy, tolerant society. Number one, they have created millions of civic illiterates. I'd say that's probably pretty accurate. We covered the stories of what the tearing down of uh, or or uh, the vandalism i think they vandalized i'm not sure did they tear down or it doesn't matter they vandalized a statue of frederick douglas right frederick douglas uh black man freed slave uh abolitionist they they tore down a statue in i want to say pennsylvania someplace of another white abolitionist guy uh they they they've torn down statues they tore down a statue of like a poet who <laughs> had nothing to do with any of this stuff. So they don't understand what they're doing. It's just destruction. They're just a riotous mob, right? They are civic illiterates. These are the people that say uh, speech is violence, meanwhile committing violence, right, in order to induce an overreaction so they can then say, I can't believe that these stormtroopers are running through the streets picking people off the streets. Uh, yeah, you were rioting. They were clearly marked as uh, as federal. Uh, what was it Department of Homeland Security? And they they arrested you. That that's what happened. But the media is going along with this idea that you know Trump is enacting some uh, fascist uh, state all around us right now because these cities refuse to protect federal property. You don't get to tear down or burn down federal property. You don't. One of the fundamental underpinnings of a free society is the ability to own property and have it protected and to face repercussions if you vandalize it or steal it. So, no, you don't get to abuse other people's property. And that's what these Antifa rioter lefties are doing. So first, these schools, all of our schools, American schools, have created millions of civic illiterates who are disconnected, he says, from long-held communal values and national identity. Second, they've exacerbated the very inequalities that trigger the tearing apart of fissures. They've exacerbated the very inequalities the schools have. How so? He goes on to say, so if you're interested in ferreting out systemic racism, go to a big city public school system. No institution has fought harder to preserve segregated communities than the average teachers union. And I don't mean only in the schools, he says. Prosperous Americans already enjoy school choice, right? Rich people can send their kids anywhere, not merely because they can afford the private schools. Anyone who has ever tried to buy a suburban home in a major metro area can tell you how acutely school districts influence home prices. Like This is how people get priced out of neighborhoods. Right. The same people who were like gentrification. Ah, it's so terrible. These are the same people that that are opposed to homeschoolers, that are opposed to charter schools, that are opposed to school vouchers. Right. All of the school choice opponents are the same people that decry gentrification and, and uh, this uh, this this sorting that occurs. Because why? People can't. They can't get into a neighborhood that has a good school, a good government school. They can't get into the neighborhood. They're priced out. And that creates this uh, socioeconomic and, yes, racial segregation.
Um, but do you think they've connected those dots? Probably not. Now, if you have finally connected the dots between the value of your website and your business, uh, congratulations. Uh, that's the first step on the road to recovery. So what you need to have is a website that turns up in search results, that looks professional, is user-friendly for you and your customers, and you know your business, but you might not know a lot about the website building, design, maintenance, security, okay? Uh, you know who does? Schaefer Smith. My friend at Schaefer Smith Design, great design can solve a lot of your site's problems. Did you know that? If you build it correctly, it'll solve a lot of the problems that maybe users experience. Are you noticing a lot of people don't follow through with purchases or something? Uh, it could be due to design. Your website may just not be intuitive for them. Professional services, corporate, small business, entrepreneurs, Schaefer Smith can help you, okay? With graphics and photos and an online story can build out for your search engine optimization, website maintenance and security. He even does logos. He did mine for the show. That's a Schaefer Smith design. So go to SchaeferSmith.com, get the most out of your website. That's SchaeferSmith.com. So Prosperous Americans already enjoy school choice. Many middle-class and working-class families, though, are priced out of areas with good schools because of inflated home values and high property taxes. And families who might otherwise choose to live in more diverse areas, they're kept out because of failing schools. This entire dynamic is driven by the antiquated notion that the best way to educate kids is to throw them into the nearest government building. It's the teachers' unions that safeguard these fiefdoms through racketeering schemes. So this goes back to his original point where he says, left-wing propaganda machine funding Democratic politicians. Okay? This is his, this is his assertion here. His evidence for that assertion, I should say. Um, first, they funnel taxpayer dollars to the political campaigns of allies who, when elected, return the favor by protecting the union monopolies and supporting higher taxes that fund unions and ultimately political campaigns. So goes the cycle, decade after decade, one failed student after the next. This is why it's referred to as a, uh, as a money laundering scheme as well, uh, racketeering, because what, it's, a very simple, uh, it's a very simple path to follow, right? The taxpayers are taxed to pay for the schools. This, that money is then used to fund teacher pay. Teachers then... In some locations, until the uh, well, until the courts ruled that they couldn't automatically uh, uh, deduct the money and such, um, they uh, you know you have teachers that are in the unions. A lot of times they were conscripted; they didn't even have a choice. Their money is then deducted, and it funds the union. The union then donates to Democrats, right, who raise the taxes, which funds the schools and the teachers who give to the Democrats who win elections because they've got more money, right? It just And by the way, it's not just the money. It's also the votes. The teachers' union keep the power uh, brokers, that structure, the machine, it keeps them entrenched. And that's how you have these never-ending cycles of failure. This is one of the things we were talking the other day with Brian Jodis from um, the Parents for Educational Freedom, North Carolina School Choice Group. That you know, you have to. A school has to be able to fail, like any other enterprise or person. If if there's no risk of failure, then there's no risk to learn, because everything is always rewarded. And with private schools, they fail. If they can't attract enough students, they will fail. And if 
Parents don't see the value. They can't charge, the school can't charge money for that tuition, right? Because the parents aren't going to send their kids there anymore. Teachers unions spent $30 million on federal elections in 2016. And like every bit of it went to Democrats. It's about more than the money, though. Union uh, members organize, they campaign, and they march. North Carolina is a perfect example of it. Remember all the protest marches with the red for Ed, wearing of the red shirts and everything, demanding more pay raises, the strikes that they're organizing. Those are all to benefit one party, right? Like this this idea that it's, oh, yeah, we're nonpartisan. We just want what's best for the, for the kids. Okay, that's not true. You want what's best for your union members, first of all. Second of all, and it, you're not nonpartisan. You want Democrats in power because you think they're the ones that will play ball with you right? Those are the ones that you can actually influence and get what you want more so than Republicans. It really is a wonder Republicans ever win anything at all. It, it really is. So uh, the unions have done this by delivering money, mobilization, and organization to both the Democratic Party and, he says, feminist groups. I would actually expand that to uh, a, a wide variety of left-wing organizations. It's likely that leftist ideologues run your school district. They decide what your kids learn. Look at the teaching of American history. Most events are coached in relativism, or even worse, the textbooks accentuate every sin and downplay every accomplishment. It would be one thing if this kind of ideological shading were relegated to just history class, but it's infected plenty of other things. The embedded left-wing nature of big school districts is so normalized now that parents Rarely even say a word. Mom and dad can buy virtually anything from anywhere in the world, but they can't use tax dollars to buy Timmy an education that aligns with their values. You know, and here's the thing, why this matters now in this moment, because it was one thing when the schools were just churning out Democrats. Okay, that's that's one thing. But it's quite another now that they're churning out hordes of chillingly ignorant voters And some people may think, well, Pete, isn't that what you just said? Isn't that redundant? It's not. Okay? This is the thing. When you're cranking out these left-wing idiots, right? These They're not even anarchists because they they don't believe in anarchy. That's not what this is about. I I say this all the time. They're just temporary anarchists. Anarchy is just a a way station, right, towards the final destination of communism totalitarianism that's where they're going which is always hilarious to me to hear them talk about oh i'm anti-fascist i'm anti-authoritarian i'm anti-tyrant not really do you know your own ideology and here's the thing they don't because they're products of a public education system that has taught them that capitalism is evil the free market system and america in general born in original sin of slavery and can never be redeemed and so it must be completely destroyed they're useful idiots is what they are. That's what th- these people are useful idiots. Um, a recent study, David Harsanyi writes, a recent study found 60% of Americans could not even pass a U.S. citizenship test. By the way, I did take it. I passed. It comes as no surprise that those 65 or older scored the best. 74% correctly answering at least six of 10 questions. 45 years and younger, however, only 19% passed the test. And the younger the test taker, the less likely they are to pass. 60% of the people tested did not know which countries their grandparents fought during World War II. 24% um, 
knew why American colonists had fought the British. Only 24%. But if state-run schools can't even teach the founding, how are we going to move forward as a nation? Look, he says, this, there, there is no panacea. School choice is not going to instantaneously fix our problems. And this is actually why I always mention uh, that I wish we had started down this path of school choice in North Carolina more than a decade ago, uh, because we would be a lot better equipped right now to be handling COVID-19, right? We would have stronger institutions for choice uh, and more variety, and it, the system and, and our society would just look a lot different Um and I think it would be better situated to respond to accommodate different parents with different needs. Um, it would also, though, he says, and I agree, if we had a more uh, entrenched choice model, I think then uh, that it would address a lot of these issues right now that we're having. Because you would not have, it's again, what I said the other day with Brian Jodis, when you create a policy that then dictates what will be the norm for, you know, hundreds of schools and thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, or millions of students, right? Whatever problem you may have enacted with that policy, it it then get it's manifest in every single one of those kids' lives. Whereas if you have a small school and you have a bad policy, it affects that school and those kids and that's it. It's contained. So Marxism, much like the virus, you can Right, you can self-isolate it. <laughs> Maybe we need some shios, some stay-home executive orders for Marxism. Anyway, um, without fixing, the, he says, without closing the gap in educational achievement, it seems unlikely that we're going to fix inequality. And without fixing the corrosion of civic education, it's unlikely that American liberal, uh, liberalism is going to survive. Uh, we cannot fix either problem without smashing, quote, public education as it exists but it might already be too late. Now, it's not too late for you to uh, get a real estate agent that will get your home sold fast and for more money or help you find your new dream home. That agent is Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team. The phone number is 333-4483. The website is mountainhomehunt.com. Rowena Patton's all-star powerhouse team specializes in what's called the Asheville Diamond from Weaverville to Hendersonville and Waynesville to Black Mountain. She and the team give you all the information you need to make an informed, intelligent decision whether you're purchasing or selling a home. Okay, so give her a call, 333-4483, mountainhomehunt.com, and start packing. Also, if you're in the Clyde area, go stop on in uh, Old Grouch's Military Surplus. Now more than ever, you're going to need Old Grouch's in your life, and not just me. I'm not even really that old. I, I am kind of grouchy, but Old Grouch's Military Surplus in downtown Clyde is what I'm talking about. Tim's got an expanded line of first aid kits, medical supplies. He's got them for all kinds of emergencies, from scrapes to gunshot wounds with step-by-step instructions so even idiots like me would be able to follow it. Um, and why, uh, why is this important? Well, maybe you want to avoid a trip to the hospital in these times, right? He also has body armor, all kinds, made to NATO specs, in-store or over-the-phone purchases only. Face masks made locally by a disabled veteran family. Out of uh, They make these out of military parachutes, so they're lightweight and really soft. He also has the old steel gas cans. These are the pre-ban gas cans, the old school ones. Yeah, plus tons of real U.S. military surplus. Go check them out, uh, either downtown Clyde, Old Grouch's Military Surplus on Main Street, 
across from the air, uh, anti-aircraft gun, uh, or also at his website, oldgrouch.com. David Harsanyi, he says, we're raising civic illiterates, that the schools are churning out civic illiterates. How else do you describe or explain, I should say, this uh, press release from George Washington University's Board of Trustees the other day. They're moving forward with, quote, requests to examine renaming of GW buildings or memorials, as well as the Colonials moniker, the Colonials, the name of their mascot, their team, right? They're the, the George Washington University Colonials. And that is a problematic word now, apparently, the Colonials. These people don't even understand their own history, their nation's own history. So warped by leftism and critical race theory. Uh, yeah, I mean, this this is why like, I become more and more radicalized by watching the uh, more and more radicalized products of our school system. How could you not, right? How could you not? Here's another one. Um, the museum curator. Uh, for the uh, San Francisco Museum of Modern Art. This is what Kurt Schlichter mentioned earlier in the show. Gary Garrels was a senior curator of painting and sculpture at the SF MoMA. He resigned his position after museum employees circulated a petition that accused him of racism and demanded his immediate ouster. His removal was, quote, non-negotiable, according to the petition. Quote, Considering his lengthy tenure at this institution, we ask just how long have his toxic white supremacist beliefs regarding race and equity directed his position curating the content of this museum? So their sole complaint is allegedly that he concluded a presentation on how to diversify the museum's holdings by saying, quote, don't worry, we will definitely still continue to collect white artists. Oh, hang on. <laughs> so that was his crime. He said at a presentation where they were like, hey, everybody, we need to you know, diversify the artists. We're looking to get more diverse artists in here. Let's have a whole bunch of di diverse, different, diverse, really diverse artists. And oh, but don't worry. You know, I mean, you know, they're still white artists and you know, we'll still curate some of their stuff, too. And that is a fireable offense. He apparently uh, articulated this sentiment on more than one occasion. According to Artnet.com, he said that it would be impossible to completely shun white artists because this would constitute reverse racism. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> it's just, he's just ridiculous. So for this, for this, he got canceled. And they forced him to resign. He resigned over this. This, and by the way, this is what Schlichter was, uh, Colonel Schlichter was talking about as well. That this is who they're going after, right? These are the soft targets for them, for the for the cancel culture. This is who they're targeting: liberals, lefties, Democrats, progressives. This is who they're going after because they'll cave. You, you think? You think conservatives care about this? You think a conservative would be like, "You're going to have to fire me"? Oh, and by the way, when you do fire me, I'm going to sue your butts. Like that's. This doesn't work so well on conservatives. And by the way, it also doesn't really work so well on people who have platforms. I have a platform. I understand, though, that a lot of other people in the private sector that don't have this kind of a platform and the public sector, they that they are way more uh, susceptible to this kind of a pressure attack. 
I understand that. I really do. And I can't imagine what that would be like to have to live under that sort of Damocles. You know, just all it takes is one um, uh, one coworker to make some sort of, you know, outlandish accusation like this based on something completely benign and defensible and actually ethical and moral. What he said is, hey, we shouldn't discriminate based on artists' race. That's what he said. He's right. This is this idea, by the way, this idea of meritocracy, right? That if it's a good piece of art, it should, you know, be in the museum. Or if it's a, uh, you know, if it's if the person passes the physical, they should be a firefighter, and it doesn't matter what race they are or gender for that matter, right? You either you either hit the standard or you don't. This idea of meritocracy, this is now considered to be in critical race theory. This is now considered to be uh, white supremacist. This is part of the culture of whiteness, they, they call it. <laughs> this is this idea that merit should win, right? Our whole system is based on it. Free market capitalism is based on the idea that if you have a good product, that people will respond and they will buy it, and then you'll be successful, and they'll be successful because they'll have a product that they need, right? Uh, that idea is entirely racist, according to the woke cancel culture uh, supremacists. Because they are, by the way, like they they are the supremacists here. Uh, it's it's quickly turning. We're going to get into this uh, throughout the week here. Uh, but he apologized, this guy did, for the harm that his words caused. He said, I do not believe I have ever said that it's important to collect the art of white men. I have said it's important that we do not exclude consideration of the art of white men. <laughs> That's what he did say. And for that, he had to resign. We live in very stupid times, but they're becoming dangerous now. That's a wrap for this episode. Please remember, subscribe to the podcast and give it a thumbs up in the reviews or five stars or the the highest ratings you can. If you want to leave a negative review, go leave it on someone else's podcast. I appreciate it. And uh, also consider becoming a patron of the program. You will get cool stuff. You get exclusive content like our live stream of consciousness that we do on Thursday nights. Uh, Links are all at thepetecalendarshow.com and in the description of the podcast. We'll talk to you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone.